Welcome to the Chat Marketing Podcast, your number one place to learn actionable strategies and tips that help you have more profitable conversations with your customers. This podcast is here to help you grow your business by better understanding your customers, speak to them on another level, and grasp the opportunities that lie in the chat marketing industry. And now, let's get chatting with your host, live from Melbourne, Australia, successful chat marketer and entrepreneur, Dan Pinney. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Chat Marketing Podcast. Now in this episode, we chat with Paul Barron of The Chat Agency. Now The Chat Agency offers a range of chat marketing services for businesses out there, but Paul's story didn't start in the agency world. In fact, he got into chat marketing through building up his own brand with his wife, business called Bo and Bell Littles. It's actually a range of reusable swim diapers out there for those with little ones. But the way that Paul has grown his business is through recruiting a hugely passionate community of influencers that help promote and amplify the business messages. So in this episode, we cover how he's used chat marketing to reach, qualify, and nurture those influencers, as well as some other really interesting business lessons, including dealing with depression and anxiety as a business owner, pushing through adversity, and a bunch of other lessons that I know you'll find incredibly valuable. So let's jump into this chat with Paul Barron of The Chat Agency. All right, Paul, welcome to the Chat Marketing Podcast. Hey, good to be here, Dan. Absolute pleasure. Really excited to delve into um, some of the topics he's chatted about through Conversations 2020. Um, but before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got into this space and how you ended up where you are now? It's, it's, it's a, I feel like that's, that's an easy question for some people, but it's a really big question for me in that... Um, uh, so prior to prior to recording, I, I mentioned I was in Australia. I lived in Australia for a year, and um, uh, lived in New South Wales, Balcombe Hills, and um, I was going to um, uh, school there. And I was planning on going on and going, actually going to the ministry and like doing like missions work abroad. That was my my life trajectory. Ever since I was a little kid, um, I just wanted to do um, that sort of stuff, like. Uh, when I was, let's see, when I was like four or five, you know, like you did like the normal little boy things, like I want to be a firefighter, I'm going to be a policeman. But it, there was some sort of like charitable element to it, um, like missions work type stuff. Because mm. um, from an early age, like we had, um, I was thinking through this, like when I was like 12 or so, um, I had gone on our first like mission trip and it was more like a service project. We would go in like, in a, uh, it, was in, it was into Mexico and we were helping like fix up like orphanages and stuff. So when I was really young, um, uh, every travel, all, all the traveling that I did, we never went on vacations. It was always to like do like service project, like g- give back type stuff. Right. Like church. Yep. Yep. And um, so that was actually what I was in school for. Um, came home and I got stuck in America. I came home during the summer, so Australia summer, two thousand two, America winter. Came home for Christmas break, and I told my parents. Um, my mom was like begging me to come home because I was perfectly happy staying in Australia. Um, it's it's funny, like obviously you know holidays and whatnot, they're big. Um, I'm not a like a uh, if you're a five love languages type of person, like quality time is not my thing. Uh, it's mm. words of affirmation and and like that's my number one. So she's like, you need to come home, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Um, so anyway, I was like, okay, I'll come home, but you got to promise me that I can get back to school, and that fell through. And uh, I I was back in America, 2003. And um, didn't have a degree, didn't want to go to college because I knew what I wanted to do in life. 
And I was like, I'm not, I don't need a degree to help people. Like I don't need a degree to do that stupid. And, um, but I had always had this knack for entrepreneurial ventures and, and, and marketing specifically. So came back to America 2003 and I was sort of, uh, I felt cast adrift a bit, you know, um, when you're young, you sort of have this idea that your life is this uh, bar, it's like this chart, you know, bar graph, whatever, up and to the right. Yeah. And and then you 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 sort of run into things like you know I didn't finish school, I I lost all of my friends that I had established in Australia, and um, I started picking up random odd jobs. One job that I had was selling credit card processing machines, like door to door salesman. I mean, you want to talk about a terrible job? <laughs> <laughs> I had I had no experience. I mean, I had business quote unquote experience. Like I had ran a landscaping uh, lawn maintenance company when I was in high school. So like <laughs> business, right? In quotes, air quotes. Uh, but I was the person going into the busy business owner and like trying to find them. And here I am, nineteen years old, twenty year olds, something like that, and trying to sell them credit card processing. And it was just, it was really nerve wracking. And like, I, I hated it, but I learned, you know, a lot out of that. And then I went into like loan origination, uh, bounced around, like started doing coffee work, barista stuff. But um, at the back of it all, I was always like, man, I just want to work for myself. I want to do something because this, the whole um, missions work side of thing, um, I, I had interned with a, with an organization that had a, uh, it was called Teen Challenge and they, their whole um, reason for being is that they they work with hardcore drug addicts, like specifically like heroin addicts, get mm-hmm. them off the street. And not only do they they have a center, um, they have centers all over the world. But in the centers, they teach people vocational skills. So they're they're coming off the street. You teach them a vocational skill, and then they, you give them actual life skills that then they can go out and then you know work for themselves. And I love that. I love that idea of you know that just this concept of instead of giving someone a fish, you teach them the fish. And so that was what I wanted to do. I had this idea that I wanted to start businesses and teach people how to start businesses. The problem was I had never successfully started a business. So that was like 20-year-old Paul. So fast forward five, 10 years, um, I had started and failed like a videography company doing wedding videos. That was also terrible because if you get something wrong in a wedding video, you can't get a reshoot. Mm. Hey, I didn't get that kiss. Can you – hey, everybody stop. We're gonna we're gonna get the kiss again. So so go to your marks and all right go. <laughs> so um, yeah, I I started a web development agency because I was like, how hard could this be? Uh, back when do you do you know Joomla? Yeah. Back yeah, when yeah. Jo- back when people were using Joomla. <laughs> wow. I came across um, someone using one of those websites the other day actually. And no way. Yeah, I was like, wow. This is this is uh, this takes me back um, a long way back. <laughs> that's yeah, that was that's 15 years ago, 16 maybe even more. Yeah, um, it's a long time ago. So I started at an eight. It was called Barking Pineapple with my best friend Jesse. Uh, <laughs> quickly learned that you can't sell websites for a hundred dollars a page without asking what the pages need to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was fun. Um, and then I got hired on at an agency here in my town, Loveland. Uh, and I was employee number 12. It was a web development and marketing agency. And um, I quickly moved over into sales. They hired me as a project manager. I'm terrible at project management. Like I'm late for everything. <laughs> so I'm surprised that I wasn't – I think it was like a minute late for this. I'm surprised that I wasn't like 
like 15 minutes past the hour, like, hey, Dan, I'm so sorry I'm running late because it's like my entire life. <laughs> a terrible project management. I moved into sales. And while in that industry, I was there uh, for two or three years. And um, I just really immersed myself into learning about SEO and digital marketing and um, specifically with e-commerce brands. And that was kind of my first introduction to the world of Amazon. And at that point in time, um, I thought of it as like a retail arbitrage where, or um, I didn't think of actual manufacturers, people making their own products and selling on Amazon. Um, I had been promoted to the, uh, the I mean, channel manager or something like that. They gave me, I was, I was in charge of partnerships with other, other firms. Okay. Um, so bear in mind, like, the most that I'd ever made up until this point in my life was like, I don't know, $20,000, $30,000 a year, not much at all. And I was pulling in six figures with this company, but I was hating my life because I was working all the time. And my goal had been to, you know, start businesses to help other people and teach them how to, how to start businesses, right? Like doing like the, the mission type mindset, like mm. I want to help you feed yourself and, and that sort of thing. And I just wasn't accomplishing that. And it was like a decade of, of me just kind of, I felt like I was drifting away from that dream and that vision that I had had when I was, when I came back to America in 2003. So um, 10 years later, 2013, um, I was actually, I was fired from that job. Um, and it was, it was probably one of the, it was the best and one of the worst things at the time. I went through a period yeah. of depression for about two years. I was trying to figure out myself because here I am. Um, we had just found out that uh, my wife was pregnant. Um, when I was out of, out of work. And so I'm trying to make ends meet. I had networked really well in the, in the local community. And so people knew me as the guy to talk to when you needed a web website development or digital marketing. Mm. So I, I kind of was like, okay, well, I guess I'll start a, an agency again. And this time I actually knew what I was doing and I mm -hmm. knew that I didn't want to do it <laughs> because yeah. I knew all the work that went into it. Yeah. And, um, uh, Fast forward to 2015, um, I had heard about the opportunity for selling on Amazon, and I took a course, uh, The Amazing Selling Machine, and um, basically that concept there is you you know, you basically find products that people are buying, yeah. or you find um, demand. And it, it's just normal product development, right? Like you find demand, and you fill it better than the competition, and that's yeah. it, it in a nutshell. So my wife and I launched our brand. Uh, in 2015, it was called Bone Bell, Bell Littles. We sell reusable swim uh, diapers, nappies mm. for, for my Australian friends. Mm -hmm. And um, we've really built a, a very solid business in the past five years. Um, and sometimes, like, I have to look back and think, like, is this real? Because, I mean, I don't want to paint this picture like we're multi-billionaires, million. We're not. I mean, mm. we, we have a lot of money on paper, but that's all tied up in inventory and it's all in the business. I mean, we live a very modest life. But um, the cool thing that I've, I've that have, has come out of this is over the past two years, because of the experience that we've had with you know working with nano influencers and leveraging that to get onto like the Rachel ratio, for example, and we've worked with um, celebrities and like mega influencers that um, I mean you would well known names they've like yeah. their people have contacted us and it's just one of those things that's like uh, for it's you know. Five years, five, ten years ago, I would not have thought this. Because, yeah. You know, ten years ago, um, I was doing a lot of like silk, like charity work and stuff, and it was like I was living on like support, like four hundred dollars a month was what I was making, mm. and it was just, it's just insane this this whole ride. So, um, I've had the privilege of um, t 
teaching you know thousands of people through my course and partnerships speaking all over the world about chat marketing about brand building and stuff and yeah so that's i guess that's where i am today yeah um, it's fascinating there's, there's a lot of actual similarities in chatting to people in how they got to where they are and it resonates with me because I, I um, was very similar being fired from a job was incredibly um i call us the unemployables um mm. because all we wanted to do was start our own business um and from there that's where we've grown to where we are now yes it was at the time it was the most stressful horrific um times that you can go through and you know, you put under a lot of pressure depending on what else is happening in your world, but it forces your hand. And often, you know, it's, um, it's like the diamonds are forced under um, a fair bit of pressure. And that's where a lot of people have got to where they are coming out of some sort of adversity. Oh, um, for sure. Right. It's definitely not pleasant when you're going through it at all. It's not something that you look back on and think, I mean, now I can look back and I can see I'm thankful for it. Right. Oh yeah. Hindsight's hindsight's very easy though. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, there's a lot of healing that, uh, that I've gone through, but like I said, it's just like, um, at the time it was really rough. And if I would have, if I could time travel and go back in time and say, this, this is where you'd be in 10 years. Again, I'm not trying to paint this idealized, like I've got it all figured out. Cause I don't, I'm still figuring mm. everything out. Like life is like that. Right. Mm, exactly. But, um, um, I guess I just have a little bit more wisdom now and a little bit more yeah. understanding and going back to being fired now, owning an agency and owning a couple, you know, the other businesses, I would have fired me too. Mm. I was toxic. I had a very terrible attitude and they did the right thing because yeah. you cannot have toxic people on your team. Yeah. If that's like the one thing that if you, if you have a star performer and they're toxic, you got to let them go. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of us are, are very similar looking back at that and thinking, yeah, we don't kind of blame them. at the time we did though. Um, but now, like I said, hindsight's, hindsight's very, very handy. Um, so let's jump into, to where you're at now. And I'm fascinated to hear about the amazing seller journey and then establishing the product. Tell us a little bit about how you came to that decision and, and then we'll get into the nano influencer framework as well. Yeah. So, um, there, there's a, there's a dozens of courses on selling private label on Amazon, um, and I think the biggest one, I mean, they're kind of the progenitors is the amazing selling machine. They sort of started that whole thing yep. and they got an incredible community um, online, but we had, I had first seen that video. Um, so they, you know, it's the standard funnel of drip, you know, free content plus you do the big launch. So if you're in, if you're in info sales or products, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, so I had, um, Again, one of my many ventures in the past, I was a part of Amway, which was Quickstar at the time. And it was like super novel when I first came back from Australia. And I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire by that time I'm 25. <laughs> and um, I, I burnt a lot of bridges in relationships. And it was really unfortunate in that, in that world. I, I had lost some friendships because of it. So I was really hyper aware of like these um, – rainbow dream promises that like you know they, they pump you up like you can have this too look mm. at us we made ten thousand dollars last yesterday <laughs> and if you do this in your slippers while you're pooping on the toilet you can do it too uh, so that, that like the video it, it came across one of my friends who I, who I have a ton of respect for 
and I trust him. And that was the key is that he shared this and I knew, and I knew his journey. He had started selling uh, winter of 2014. And I thought that he was a consultant for another brand that he was helping them launch their products on Amazon. I didn't know that it was his brand that he was launching. He was selling like cold weather gear, uh, gloves and that sort of thing. I lit because I had done that. I've done that for other people, right? Yeah. So that's why I thought I was like, oh, I didn't know that Nate was doing this. So Nate um, shared this video. I watched like five minutes of it. I'm like, this, this is a crock of garbage. This is full, full BS. Um, and I was like, I turned it off. And it, my my older sister, I you know, thank God for her because she messaged me and she's like, did you see what Nate's doing? Watch this video. And so I did. She never. She. I have tried to help her start it like physical product business like so many times and it's just she just doesn't want to do it she's a teacher and she's fine she's happy teaching and <laughs> anyway so because of her she tagged me she shared it with me i watched these videos and basically what we had this experience with our son um who at the time uh well let's see he was six months old he was born in 2014 and at that in the year that he was born, in our group of friends, we had there were eight kids born that year. He yeah, was the wow. last. So okay. we were all going like swimming at the pool that that our rec center here in town, and we had to start wearing swim diapers. He did, uh, not we. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to wear. That's the next product but, range, right? Yeah. <laughs> actually, I'm not. It is. I'm not kidding. Like it's we're, oh, we're we have those in development because there's we need there's there's demand. Um, uh -huh, there you go. So. We started off, um, that was in, in Rochelle's mind, um, back from this was like December. We started, we signed up for ASM, took the course in like March. And one of the, the product, you know, there's like two different methods of, I guess, product research. You can like focus on what you know or just look at what demand is and you can meet demand. I don't necessarily like just the second meeting this demand because you need to have a little bit of expertise because if you're going to build a brand and not just sell products, like cash out, like treat it, treat it like it's an ATM. You want to have a long-term brand, and you you're gonna to need to have some sort of expertise or passion behind what you're doing. Now, I wasn't passionate about swim diapers, but I am passionate about raising good human beings, yeah. AKA my kids. So spending time with them, spending time with them in the water is important. Being physically active, and so that's become our passion. So through all of our product research, we found that at the time it was a good opportunity. Um, now it's way more saturated plus we dominate so if you know people listening to this are like oh maybe swim diapers i mean sweetheart feel free to um but i'm going to tell you we'll crush you so <laughs> so anyway um so that was kind of how we picked it so we we decided to go with uh, adjustable swim diapers because the biggest some of the biggest pain points were uh that we were reading where they the the reusable ones that were single sized didn't fit very well and i'm thankful that i listened to my wife because um, I wanted to go with the single sizes because that meant we could ha we could sell more. Mm. And she's like, "No, look at all the negative reviews. Like, let's do one." And uh, and so we did it. We thought that it would just be one product that we would launch, and then launch a whole bunch of other ones, different things in baby, like bandana bibs, and I don't know what anything like that's. I really wanted to launch bandana bibs. Um, I'm really glad I didn't do that now because that is super saturated. Yeah. Um, so. Fast forward now five years and we're, you know, we've sold millions and millions of dollars of swim diapers on Amazon. And I never even would have thought that that would be, there would be a market for that. And we're not even, we're like, 
we're just scratching the surface. It's mm. insane. And that's, so think of it this way, right? Like we have a very seasonal product in my head. If I would go back in time, I'd say it's not the best business model because it's seasonal. Yep. It's a very short lifespan, three years. So now we have to add more products on top of that. Whereas if I was to look at something that would be a little bit less seasonal, a little bit less seasonal, a little bit bigger demand, like um, that, that's, those are businesses that I'm starting now. Yeah. Suffice to say. But um, yeah, that's how we started was because of that problem. She decided to look to see if there was room for that market. So we had this issue with our son. Um, we wanted to use reusables. They weren't fitting. Uh, we had to use disposables. Those are expensive. Yep. So because of that, she did, she looked, the research was good and that's, you know, it in a nutshell. Wow. And then, so how do you then evolve what you're doing um, on Amazon and add bolt on the chat marketing side of things into the business? Can, well, actually first, could you take us back to the first time that you thought this is something I want to implement into the business when, when you first maybe experienced a chatbot? Yeah. So I had hired a consultant who was going to be helping us. So this is funny too. Um, he was 36,000 a year. Okay. Mm. And, um, I had thought that we were hiring him to do it for us, but he was training us. So it was a mismatch. <laughs> and so he was like, we we're like at that time, I think we were doing like a, a little bit over a half million a year in Amazon. He was like, Oh yeah, we could easily get your Shopify store up to half million. But their model, their model that they used was like drop shipping and stuff. Right. Anyway, so that's so because of him, he was an an early investor. Um, this is 2016 in another chat company uh, called Message Hero, mm-hmm. and I actually started using Message Hero back in 2016, just playing around with it, and it was pretty. Yeah, yeah I mean, ManyChat was janky back then too. It was all janky. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. really wonky and just weird stuff. Um, but really, in 2017 is when I really started using it a ton. And I was seeing, so um, the test that I did was, okay, I want to do a viral campaign where people tag their friends to enter, and um, they're gonna we're gonna give them a two seventy five dollar gift cards, one for you, one for a friend. Um, so th- what we did was we said, okay, tag a friend, which was against the rules with Facebook. I didn't know that mm-hmm. you're not allowed to do that. No. Uh, um, and the other thing that we did was we – the other mistake that I made was it was just an Amazon gift card. So literally anyone can enter to win an Amazon gift card. It doesn't matter if you're in the dating space. Right. I thought – I was like, well, I'm just running this to a lookalike audience of, of Amazon purchasers. So that means that only people that are going to see it are people like my people, mm. which is – even if that's true, right, it's still going to get shared. And the people yeah. that they're tagging are going to be outside of that group. And what happened was we got 1,500 signups in five days. For it was less than a penny per subscriber. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that, like, it blew my mind. Like, the amount we spent $300 between advertising and then the giveaway, and we've got 1,500 signups. And that, at that moment, that was in the fall of 2017, I was like, this isn't, this is crazy. Like, there's got to be more ways I can use this. Yeah. And that's, that's when I started to, to start thinking of other ways that I could use it. So I developed a system that, um, has been coined as reviews on autopilot. Um, and this was a, uh, I guess, a system that I pioneered that's now kind of ubiquitous in the Amazon space. So it's kind of cool to know that something that I did is like everyone is using, whether or not they yeah. took my course, it's, it's cool to see. So what we, the, the system that I did was we, we create a uh, custom audience match 
of past purchasers on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So let's say I sell this uh, Nalgene bottle, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want to offer them a loss leader freebie for maybe registering their purchase or something, right? So yep. I don't know. Maybe they're koozies. I don't know. So let's say, I'm, hey, free koozie for registering your purchase. And I, I run an ad on yep. on Facebook targeting custom audiences of just past purchasers. So they register their purchase. We go through this whole thing. And at the time, I was being really sly because bots were new. And so I was like, I was making it look like a real human. And there, there's all kinds of problems with that. But mm-hmm. what I would what I would do was I would say, hey, you, you look familiar. Did you buy it from us? As <laughs> if I would know all the thousands of people that buy it from us. <laughs> and they would say, oh, yes, I did. And then, I would, then I would follow up. And um, so I'd give them their freebie for registering a purchase. So that's key because you don't want to violate Amazon's terms of service. You're not allowed to uh, give anything in exchange for a review. So they got the freebie whether or not they left the review. Okay. Then I would say um, on the original purchase, hey, did you buy our Nalgene, right? Um, obviously, it wasn't Nalgene. It was a swim diaper. Yeah. Uh, we were offering bamboo washcloths. So um, here's your bamboo washcloths. And then I would really sly like, you look familiar, Dan. Mm-hmm. And it was all mm-hmm. automated. Um, did you buy it from us? They say yes or no. And they say yes. Hey, well, you know what? We're a small family-owned company. Would you mind leaving us a review? And like, we got like 80% conversion on review on wow. review requests. It was absurd. And then, so that was in uh, fall 2017. Started starting into going into 2018. I was like, this is amazing. I've got to find more information on this. How how can I use this more? And there was nothing because it was so new. Yeah. I mean, bots literally opened up API. Well, Me- Messenger opened up the API in 2016. Yeah, and there was nobody doing this, um, and so I'm like, there's nothing, there's no courses available. So I was like, okay, well, I want to start a course, and I, I launched it with uh, two partners. Um, one, his focus was on launching products. Mine was on getting reviews, and then the third was um, in the right place at the right time and asked if he could be a partner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and he's a great guy, but. It, if he listens to this, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So um, they're great people. And I've since we've since went our own ways. They're focusing on their businesses. And so that's how Chat Marketing University came to being. Yeah. Um, and so that was two years ago. Because of that, I have been like the chatbot guy in the Amazon space ever since then. And um, it's funny because the very, very first speech that I ever gave on stage was about building a brand that the media loves. And getting big, big press attention has nothing to do with chatbots, right? Mm. So most recently, at conversations, I talked about our nano influencer framework, which is something that we've been using in our business for about the same amount of time as we've been using chatbots and, and messenger marketing. Um, the difference is that we've kind of had them converge just because of um, anti-engagement bait rules um, yep. that Facebook put into play. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about the nano influencer framework because it was it was quite different the um the presentation was quite different to a lot of other topics um during conversations and um when i saw the headline i was interested to find out exactly what the hell you were talking about um and how how it can be implemented in into businesses but once i got my head around it i was like wow this is this is using the ability of conversations and amplifying what other people are actually doing for you anyway, anyway. And I was like, what a great system because sometimes when we work with clients, whether it be chat marketing, whether it be any other sort of service, 
there's people out there having conversations about their products, but they don't know how to amplify them. They don't know how to capture them. They don't know how to aggregate them and then um, show people this is what people are saying. So I'm fascinated to hear a little bit more how you came up with this framework and then tell us how it works. Yeah. So like, um, you know, any entrepreneur that's getting started in a new industry, if it's your first time, like it was with us, right? So this is the first time that we had started a physical product business. Um, I was like, well, you've got to have Instagram, you've got to have Facebook, you've got to have Pinterest. And so we, we got all the accounts and all that stuff. And um, I felt really good about myself posting on Instagram two days in a row uh, when we first started back in July of 2015. And then I uh, just didn't post until November. <laughs> and it yeah. was like, <laughs> and the reason why I started posting again in November was because we we're doing another product launch. And I was like, oh, crap, we need it. Have more so do some more yeah we need to do some things. i think we've we all been there at some point in our business journey um and that that roller coaster if you were looking at the the amount of engagement and posting frequency is a bit like that oh yeah and then it's you because you you've got all of these tactics right like you could use messenger marketing mm. you you could use straight up like rachel miller style and just get like massive engagement on organic posts on facebook you could do mm. that you could do sponsored on facebook you could do Google, you could do YouTube, you could do TikTok. Like it's literally there's so many things that you could yeah. do. And so bear in mind that in when I launched, I had I was a year into starting a um, a web development agency with my, my with my again with the same Jesse, another another t- a new company yep. because we figured once wasn't enough. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm starting this agency. I put it lightly again, air quotes. Um, and I'm working nights as a waiter to pay the bills. Because, you know, it's, I think the best month that we ever had was like, we made six grand in one month. And I was like, we've got this because six grand, that's like <laughs> five times, that's like 60,000. Like we're, 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 that's like $72,000 a year. Oh my God. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was working mm, like insane amount. My wife is a new mom. And just the simple fact of the matter of like posting every day on Instagram, managing your own social media is not a realistic thing. Um, I started getting more into Instagram when I quit my job and um, I was focusing on Bo and Bo Littles full time and I just could not get the hang of it. Like I couldn't, I, I was seeing that like in the mommy space, it's really big, right? Mm. Uh, Instagram's huge, like anything with food. If you're good looking, that's probably why I don't do very well. Um, cause you have to be good looking <laughs> and I'm like a middle-aged married man now with a beer belly because of COVID. Um, but <laughs> you know, it's all those things, right? So I'm like, okay, mommies are on Instagram. I was getting the hang of Facebook. I could get engagement there, but I'm like, just, Instagram was a tough nut. I couldn't figure it out. And then I started seeing all of these baby brands that were doing, that were called brand rep searches. And I don't know if you've familiar, even on, on Instagram, they, they used to do, giveaway loop loops mm. where you would follow this brand, follow this brand, follow this brand. And then, and then you gain subscribers. I don't think those are in vogue anymore because I think most you of still say them occasionally. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally uh, yeah. they, occasionally they work, but the ones that we were doing were run by like not super reputable agencies. Right. And th- those, those, those don't work. We yeah. do those with our, with partner um, brands. Now we do them right. Um, but going back, you know, four or five years ago, now I was like, okay, what's, how do we, do, how do we do this? So 
we started a brain rep search and um in in the mommy space of instagram typically a brain rep would be their kid so they want to get free products for their kid mm. because who doesn't like free products for their kids right if you can get it for free and it's a cool product that you need why not so yeah. these these brands are typically that we're doing this were like clothing brands like kid clothing brands and the incentive for the for the influencer or ambassador whatever they would call them the brand rep is that you would keep getting free products or discounts every month and so I was like that doesn't fit our business model because we're not clothing we don't we don't have you know 850 SKUs this massive library of things that people can keep buying like yep. a part of our brand promise is that it's it's good for the environment and it's good on your it's it's eco-friendly um, economically and ecologically so you you only need one or two swim diapers ever so I'm like what am I going to do you keep having people buy more of this like I don't know it doesn't make sense so we did it. Um, we did a lot of gamification, is, mm -hmm. is in a, in a nutshell. Um, we started at the time. We had 500 followers on Instagram, and we were just looking for anybody that was willing to just share photos of our of their kids in our stuff, because the problem that I was trying to tackle was content. We didn't have content to post, and our feed was just all over the place. It was like you wouldn't even know. Like, is this is this what? Are, who is this company? What is yeah. it? A person or is it like what are you? pancake that looks like demon mickey um, <laughs> it was just random weird stuff and i was trying to get regular content the other reason why i wanted that content was because i wanted to use it in in on amazon in lifestyle images i wanted to use it across on facebook so we put together that was the, the the genesis of the nano influencer framework since then we've systematized it quite a bit and it's different than a lot of the ambassador programs that you hear about because a lot of the ambassador programs like ezra Ezra teaches a lot about this is um, Ezra Firestone yeah. is that um, it's a lot like commission like oriented like sales yeah um, those those are great for consumable brands and we put those into place for our clients that have consumable brands but with ours it was like we needed a community driven like rah rah siskumba let's share about this brand because we love the products we love the people we like the community and there's fun competitions yeah so um, in a nutshell, like what we've gotten out of it over the past three years is we have a lifestyle photo library of over 6,000 photos. And in its various locations, like all over the world, we have brand reps in all, I mean, we have someone, I mean, she's an unofficial rep, but she's still a rep because she posts about us all the time. Mm. Um, in the Philippines, we have some in the Netherlands, Canada, Mexico, uh, like all over the place. Yeah. And um, because of this program, what it's done is it's systematized this approach so that when we start seeing somebody post about us, we can then reach out and invite them to the program. Right. And I love working with accounts and, and people, really. I don't, I don't like thinking of them as accounts. But people that have accounts that have micro-followings, nano-followings, and that's what I call yeah. the nano-influencer framework. Less than 1,000 is great. Like there's this one lady that we just started working with. Her photos are incredible. Like mm. hundred, like if I were to pay lifestyle photography for this type of stuff, it'd be like hundreds, of thousands of dollars, yeah, for the life. But she's happily taking pictures of our of her kid and our stuff because we built a relationship with her. Yeah, we invited her into our community, and so she is promoting us because she likes us. She loves our brand, and that's really what the Nano Influencer Framework is all about: is creating micro communities of people that have real reach yep. that you're not going after these like massive accounts that are going to charge you for one off relationship. Yeah. And all they care about, if you're paying somebody like that, all they care about is the money. 
Yeah, they don't care. They don't care about how they're portraying your product. I mean, the good ones do, but I'm after long term yeah. relationships, and so that's that's what the nano influencer framework is about: long term relationships, where we're just um, we use them like if we need a shout out, like if we need um, like earlier at the start of this year, prior to COVID ruining you know 2020, um, we were <laughs> going to be getting expanding into boutique retail in swim schools, and so we were putting mm-hmm. together a whole training program for sales to enable our brand reps that wanted to be sales reps to, to make more money. Yeah. Um, but they could go and sell our stuff and open up wholesale accounts. And, um, so, I mean, the benefits are, I mean, huge there. Yeah. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on. So, well, well how does, no, well, how does, tell us a little bit more about how the, how the system works. You mentioned that you systemized it. So, when someone posts about you, what are the steps from there that you then assess some viability and then you generate and start that relationship with someone? Yeah. So let's go back to um, <clears throat> entry points. So I like to think of funnels in terms of um, top, middle, and bottom. So mm-hmm. entry plus lead magnet. And the lead magnet is going to determine the mid funnel as well as the deliverable in the bottom of the funnel. Yep. So the objective is to get people to sign up to join our team and share about us profusely. That's the goal. Yep. We want people to share about us all the time, just be raving fans because they love us. So the top of the funnel, we have several different points. Um, we have evergreen and then one-off things, right? So things that are running all the time, um, you can join just through the link in our bio. Yep. And we have a multi-tier system. So um, we're even refining it even more as we speak. But in our in our system, we have like an entry-level tier where we charge people half price for the product. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we charge them is we want to try out to see if they can actually follow instructions and they care about working with us. Mm-hmm. If they can't follow instructions and they don't want to communicate with us, then they don't get invited to the next tier. And the next tier is literally, we just give them everything for free. Yeah. Um, so whatever they want, whenever we come up with a new product, um, we give it to them for free and we just ask them to take photos. And like when we say like, Hey, we want you to take photos of this print, or we're launching this print in two months. So we need we need photos. Um, we want photos of this this print in this setting with your your the father, yeah, or with the mommy, or with grandma, whatever. So um, the entry points when we do like a one off drive where we're really driving a lot of traffic and getting people to come into the funnel is we'll run ads. Yep, and those ads are are click to message ads or swipe up in, on Instagram that go as a messenger objective. And um, we either send them straight to messenger, we, we split test, um, mm-hmm. or whether we need to give them more information by just sending them to a landing page. Um, most of the time we're sending them to a landing page, which I walked through in my talk. Yep. And in the talk, we give more information on what the program is, the benefits, why they should apply, and then they click to apply in messenger. And so that forwards over into messenger. We process the application in messenger, which is, Really simple. We're just asking them, you know, their their kids' names, how many kids they have, um, what their account on Instagram is, um, if they have a blog, what their blog is. Yep. And then we just let them know that they their account needs to be public and all that all that stuff. Um, we'll be expanding into other like TikTok. We're we're looking at here really seriously, but you get the point. So mm. that is a really simple questionnaire. Yeah. We save all of that data on a Google Sheet. Yep. And then our um, we manually review each account so this okay. there is time involved yeah um we we review the accounts because we need to make sure that they're not they're public not private um that they're not adult in nature like adult adult like 
you know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. Different adult. Yeah. So yeah. that they're that they're on brand. Yeah. That that person is something. And literally, like to get into the entry tier, it's almost everybody. Like we we're hardly turning people away. Yeah, I was going to say, what what's the um amount of people that that you accept or don't accept? Are the people like, that go through that process? I mean, they must, uh, you know, they must somehow know the brand and want to be part of it, right? Yeah, it's like over ninety percent. I mean, yeah, there was a grandma that went through it recently, and we asked for her Instagram <laughs> handle, and she was like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Well, you're probably not." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, grandma. I'm, Sorry, Grandma, but you got to be social proficient, social media proficient. So then, um, so we have minimum requirements. They they sign a contract where they where they give us rights to their photos while they're doing it. They agree to give us the originals, which is key. Um, and that's another unique thing about our our program is that the contract that we have. Um, and then if they if they follow through, they take four four to five pictures in a month. Then we invite them up to the next tier, and the next tier is all about just stoking excitement and creating community. Um, getting the content is great. It's amazing. But really what I'm trying to do is build just this group of, uh, really it's mostly mommies, of mommies that just love us and have an online community. Mm. And then from there, again, we, um, if we need content written, we have avenues that they can write content for us and get paid. And that's, Another reason why I started this was because I wanted to provide mommies, stay-at-home mommies, another um, income stream at home. Um, So we've started paying for photos that we use in marketing materials on our website and on Amazon. Originally, we didn't do that. uh, But again, I referenced Rachel before. But um, Rachel, if you don't know Rachel Miller, she's amazing. And Mm -hmm. I went to one of her masterminds, and she's become a friend of mine. And um, she was like, you don't pay people for their photos? And she was like, pissed for them. And I was like, you're right. That's kind of me taking advantage of them, isn't it? Yeah. I feel really bad. I'm sorry, Rachel. So, <laughs> <laughs> so since then, we've started paying them for the photos that we use that normally – because my goal uh, – one of the goals of this is that we want to up-level people in their influencer game, right? Yeah. We start out a couple hundred followers, and now we have several of our influencers now are working with other brands and getting paid. Right. Which is super cool. And that was another side goal that I had that I wanted to provide ways that mommies could make extra money at home. So we yeah. we pay them to write blogs for us. We pay them when we use their photos. They get paid when when they win contests. Um, anyway, and how how do you manage those um, those relationships? Is it via email, Facebook groups, through Messenger? How do you how do you build those ongoing relationships? Yeah, Facebook Facebook groups and Messenger. Yeah. Uh, so we have everybody. That's one of the reasons why we also have them go through Messenger because, um, you know, these are busy parents that they're not always on Instagram all the time. Or if they are, maybe they're on at like three in the morning because they're feeding their baby that just woke up or something and they're super tired. Um, so when we when we run announcements and things, we blast those out through Messenger. And then we also do posts in the Facebook group, like Facebook Lives and that sort of thing. So um, we recently started offering this as a service in the chat agency, which that's the name of my new company, mm. is very inventive. The chat agency.com. <laughs> it's a bit like the chat marketing podcast. I know, um, right? Very, very inventive. <laughs> <laughs> but you know exactly what it's about. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I don't need to think about it. It is what it is. <laughs> right. So we've, we've started offering this as a service, and it's cool because some of my clients that are in the baby space, we can just cross pollinate. So we can say, okay, well, um, Hey, anybody here that wants to do, you know, work with this brand, we try to cap it to about three brands each because I don't want their 
and I don't think they're they're friends would want their friends feed to turn into a, just an ad feed all the time. Yeah. But it's still cool to say like, hey, we've got this new fun, you know, toys, you know, learning games for kids. You guys want free products? And of course they're like, yeah. So mm. we use it for stuff like that too. Yeah, that's it's fascinating combining two um uh, like another new or, or new in inverted commas um space such as the influencer um network that you know has lost a little bit of its um gloss i guess maybe over the last 12 to 18 months but that's only the people that were there to make money not the people that were there to build those long-term relationships that were there to actually generate some value for their followers and were doing it with the right lens combining it with another new technology which I was fascinated how, and this is the only sort of framework I've heard of, of how someone has used chat marketing successfully in the influencer, um, in, in that influencing industry. Can you remember where you sort of said, I'm going to use a chat bot to get these influencers or why yeah, you was, chose that? Yeah, it was when they, it was when Facebook pushed that update. It was either December, 2017 or December, 2018. Um, the old way that we would do it was we would do a post on Instagram that had a, a whole set of rules and we used that post as like a screening tool. And it was like and like this post, like and follow us on, on Instagram, share this post. So it was like every keyword that you're not supposed to use now, yep. right? Like yeah. engagement bait mm-hmm. city. Yeah. And I didn't view it as engagement bait. I viewed it as an application process because if they can't share, if they can't like, if they can't tag friends, then they're not going to be somebody who's going to want to work with you and mm. take any sort of direction. They're just in it to get a free product or get money. And I don't want to work with people that are in it for a one-sided relationship. And I guess that's what it comes down to, right? It's, um, I'm, I'm about um, uh, no lose, not a, not a win-win because sometimes one person wins more than another person. Yep. Um, I prefer trying to create no lose situations so that everybody feels happy and we're, we're providing ways that people uh, can keep winning and not lose regardless mm-hmm. of what, you know, where they are. Question. I, I just thought of in that you're talking a lot about the Instagram space. How is um, the introduction of uh, Instagram combining both of those inboxes and then you know, putting chat bots in I'm Instagram? I'm so stoked. I yeah. am so stoked, man. I That's going to be massive for you, right? Oh, it's going to be huge. And it's funny because we don't have a massive following. I mean, I know other people like they have massive, massive followings. And um, so that's, I'm not necessarily about the following. I'm about the engagement. Mm. And that's where it happens is in direct messaging. And I am so stoked about that. Like I, I saw that it's funny. I didn't see the um, press release. I saw that the icon changed. Yeah. And I knew immediately, I'm like, oh, that's Instagram colors. I know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I read the press release later that day. Yeah. It's funny, actually. I've, I've had people that aren't in the chat market or other marketers, but have reached out to say, and that's what they noticed as well. The little favor con is what we're talking about, by the way, folks, mm-hmm. the little tab on your Chrome browser that's now gone from blue to that pinky purple um, color. And you're like, hang on a second that's triggered something in people's minds to be like, that now looks like Instagram. What's going on here? And I was like, I told you. (laughs) It's so great. I mean, because we had always, we had already done messenger objectives in Instagram, but the problem is that there are, there are a fair amount of people that are in Instagram world 
that even though it's a Facebook-owned company, they hate Facebook and they don't want to use anything that Facebook owns, including Messenger. Mm. Okay. So uh, I'm really stoked about this because we had had some friction with Dropoff. Um, now, if we can just go straight to Messenger DM, you know, I'm going to slide into your DMs. Mm. It's I'm really excited about that. Yeah, well, that's going to be massive. That will be the next um, the next frontier for, for you and your business. And And can you tell us a little bit about what the next – you mentioned that you're building other products. Um, yeah. What is the next step for you in evolving with the growth of chat marketing as well? Yeah. So uh, two years ago, I started, well, two and a half now, I guess it was um, started in January 2018. When I launched Messenger Bot University. I rebranded it last year at Conversations to Chat Marketing University. Mm-hmm. And um, that was what I had always done. I, it was all like info, like take my course sort of thing. Whenever I would speak, or do podcasts like this or webinars. Um, I mean, I was there was 2018, 2019, and I was doing like one or two events a month. It was insane. Sometimes four. It was just wow. crazy. Um, but all the time I would get requests for either consulting, which I I begrudgingly did uh, because, again, more of a time limitation, not because I don't want to help people. And, and then uh, the bigger request was, can you just do it for me? And yeah. I would always tell people no because mm-hmm. – I had done the service agency in the past. It's really funny because like when I was speaking at conversations, I was one of only a few people that didn't, I don't, I didn't actually have, I didn't have an agency. Like I was just say, you know, here's this information. Use it if you want. And if you want more information, you can, you know, here's my course. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, so then I've since, yeah, so I've started an agency. I've been working on that for three and a half, four, five months. I don't even know how long. And um, we went, um, Instead of me doing everything because my time was so limited, I went straight off and hired. We hired people right away, and we're training them. So they've been in training. We have three agents. They're called them chattelists. So nice. That was I love that. That was the other. That was the other name we were going to go with was chattelist or chattelists.com. We own that. Okay. Um, the reason we didn't was because that would be confusing. We don't want yeah. people are like, how do you spell chat? What? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking how, how how do you spell that? But yeah, it, yeah. I like the name though. Yeah, it's cool. It's clever, right? It's not. Mm. It's definitely like not as clever as. Uh, I mean, well, the chat agency. So that's the name that we went with. So we're training our chatalists in there. We're beta testing now. Um, we have ten or thirteen. I don't even know clients. I think ten or twelve, thirteen, something like that. We have a few in limbo that have signed up. Yep. Once we get to fifteen, we're we're doubling our prices. Okay. Um, because we need we need a beta test. We're slowing down, and I don't want to. I don't want to take on more people than we can. We can. Uh, handle yeah um, and that was the primary reason why i would always tell people no you can't hire me because i don't have time yeah. and i don't want to take your money if i can't deliver like i'm not a thief so i mean if you want to just give me money just because like feel free go yeah. for it <laughs> but if you're expecting me to give you something in return that's probably not going to happen yeah. so that's why we started the chat agency and so that's what i'm really focusing on and what that's allowed me to do is actually exit a little bit more not exit but move out of the one a little so much because now I can bring in my, my chattelists to run stuff. And, um, there's one business that we're going to be buying into. We've been talking with them for a while. And then there's another business that I'm going to be um, co-owning. So there's a lot in the future, but for now the focus is building out, um, the chat agency, focusing on, uh, providing value with the nano influencer framework. And then, uh, you know, launching and ranking products on Amazon, which has kind of been my forte for three years now anyway. Well, five years, but yeah. 
And with the chat agency, are you going to have a particular focus or niche of or clients that you would prefer to work with? Yeah, initially, so um, we kind of have two, uh, but our, because I'm so in the Amazon community, um, my partners, I have, I have three partners in the business. Um, one is just a genius business strategist. Um, he's not, he, he knows a lot of Amazon sellers, but he's just brilliant. He's, he's really good at what he does. So mm. um, he's the only one that's not in the Amazon community. Uh, my other partner is Norm Farrar, who everyone knows him as the beard guy. And he's really well known in the Amazon community. And then um, Shane Oglo, who um, has t- sort of taken a step back, but he, he has been very active in the community too. So we're very, very focused on Amazon sellers specifically. And I guess that the USP that we bring is that, um, first of all, like we're all sellers. I still sell. Um, nothing that I do, I never advocate that you ever break terms of service. And I tend to be a little bit too squeaky clean. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is that it doesn't matter if I think I'm breaking the rules. If Amazon thinks I'm breaking the rules, then that's what matters, whether or not I'm breaking the rules. And we see that with, with Facebook Messenger, right? Recently, all the blocks mm. and bans. Yeah. Like, we've, been getting, we've been getting notices on some of the client's accounts. They're literally doing nothing, nothing. wrong. Mm. Nothing wrong at all. And yeah. they're still – so, yeah. So, our focus is Amazon um, and also some, like, infopreneurs. Okay. Uh, because those are, those are two. Yeah. Yep. And looking back on, you know, we've gone way back to Australia, leaving Australia back to America, starting multiple brands. Now you've evolved purely into the, um, into the chat space. Where would you have been without if Facebook hadn't decided, Hey, let's open up our API for messenger and let's allow these people to build some chat bots. I mean, honestly, I'd probably still be more focused on like the, the natural PR and grassroots sort of nano stuff. And that's um, at, at my core, I'm a story person. Like I'm yeah. a huge book nerd. And for me, branding is all about storytelling and story building and world in world building, really, because you're building yeah. a world for your customers and your clients that they can participate in with you. They can be the heroes. You can be that you can be Gandalf. You could be the hero or, or they can be Gandalf. It just however you want to write it, right? So yep. I'm huge into branding and um, brands get press. Brands get publicity. Um, one-off money grabs get publicity negatively. Yeah. They're not going to get anything like, oh, look at these guys. No, they're going to be like, oh, man, look at that dick. <laughs> you see him like taking all that, like those things and selling them for 50 times. What a jerk. Mm. So yeah, so that would be what I would be focusing on, I guess. If it wasn't Messenger, um, it would be like, building brands and, and PR and yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny the type of people that have successful brands and, and a lot of the terminology um, sounds like you're also a Donald Middle Miller um, story brand convert um, as well. I've never read his, it's so oh, really funny. never read that, <laughs> but everybody it's everybody I talk to, they're like, you need to read that. And it could just be through osmosis, you know, you know how this yeah. industry is like, yeah, it could just be osmosis. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a very smart guy. He's read a couple of other books. Um, so the book I'm referring to, by the way, for the folks out there, is called Story Brand by Donald Miller, which has been around for a while. But he's wrote multiple books, both on marketing and on fiction. He's a very smart guy. Side note: I heard an interview with him the other day that went into a lot of his background. He's a he's a fascinating individual, but he's planning on running for the Senate in um a few years because wow, his branding and how he was going to brand some of the politicians and 
a lot of his videos that have got a lot of views are around how people talk to their customers and he broke down some of the politicians' websites. And where I was getting to with that was that what your approach and that long-term approach and that relationship building approach and getting that positive um, feedback and positive coverage is a reason why we chat to people on this podcast and the reason why a lot of the successful business owners out there have had success. Um, I appreciate that. It's a, That's it's cool. a, yeah, testament to, to your approach. How much, oh, and I always ask this question to guess, how much of your success has been down to hard work and how much has come down to just pure luck being oh, in the right place at the right time? It's so, you know, that there's that uh, saying that just luck is, luck is at the intersection of preparedness and opportunity, right? Mm. So when we launched our products, uh, our swim divers, it was the very first prime day. Wow. So we didn't do that on purpose. It just so happened. Yeah. And um, so that was lucky, right? Um, I mean, we could have picked another product and it could have just been a, an, a, an abysmal failure. Mm. And then it would have been demoralizing and I would have probably not, I would have lost my house. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like, that's one of the things that I, I look at successful people and I think that the keys to their success is that they are just doggedly persistent. Right. And they, they're just going to keep going and keep going. But they're they're teachable because you have somebody who's doggedly persistent with something that is just a terribly stupid idea. Like you're bashing your head into a concrete block. You need to stop. No, I'm mm. going to get through this concrete block. Mm -hmm. OK. Um, and they're they're willing to adapt like about with the teachability. Right. So they're persistent, um, teachable and willing to adapt. And I feel like I feel like I'm praising myself right now, but you but owe that to yourself. To yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what, I, yeah. that's what I try to do because you can't be lucky if you're not ready. If you're not, it, I, I mean, if you're, if you're a fisherman or a hunter, um, you're not going to catch a fish if your line's not in the water. Mm. I mean, Wayne Gretzky said you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Yep. Maybe one of those shots is going to look really lucky, but at least you took it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's, that's kind of my, my ethos is that you got to try and failure, fear of failure. I mean, I learned so much in that period of depression that I went through and I still deal with periods of depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, you know, it's a real, it's a real struggle for me at, at times and I've, I've learned ways to, to, to cope and whatnot healthy. Yeah. But the, the thing that really at that time, after I got fired, I was internalizing failing with being a failure yeah and there's a difference between failing and internalizing the fact that you're a failure and that is vastly different mm. and um i i firmly believe that if you're going to be successful you need to be okay with failing occasionally because you no one no one in the right mind would assume that people are going to win all the time so you're lucky you're, <laughs> it's lucky moments that you don't fail right every other moment is failing yeah yeah well i mean it's a really interesting lesson and a valuable lesson to the people out there because no doubt after going through um that period after being let go and going through um depression that you would have been challenged multiple times throughout building the, the brands that you have and the businesses that you have mm -hmm. to be able to cope with that and and was it the lessons you learned during that period that you think helped you get through I, those? I think so. I mean, it's what it comes back to is I have certain just non-negotiables that are just bedrocks in my life, right? Mm. And when it comes down to it, failure 
okay, let's just let's just say um, I, I as case after case after case of things that I feel like I can control, right? And then I realize I don't actually control it, and then I'm like, well, I could either freak out or just get over it. Mm. Like we've had our shipments impounded at customs because they were commingled with another thing that was being inspected, and it wasn't our fault. Mm. But then we go completely out of stock, and like. There's been multiple times where we've almost completely gone out of business. And those are things that I just keep thinking back and looking like we've had this conversation when COVID first started in March and April and everyone was freaking out. And it was just like, it was so much unknown. And I just, I I went through a period, I had an anxiety attack and I was just like, I had to sit down and like pray and talk it out with my wife and really Mm. be like, you know what, what is the worst that could happen? Mm. Okay. Let's talk about the worst, the worst that could happen. We completely lose our business. That would really suck. We're in massive debt. That would really suck. Yep. Maybe we have to move in with our parents. That would be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I mean, the, the worst that could happen is we all die. Like, that would be mm. the worst. Mm. I, would, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No. But ultimately, I believe that there's, uh, um, I just have a longer view of more, like, I believe in an afterlife. And yep. so, for me, it's not that big of a deal. It is, but it isn't. Mm. losing the business it would really suck but we could we could bounce back because yeah. i've i've failed so many businesses i've got so much experience in bouncing back from failure. <laughs> like we're good if we lost the house that would really suck but we could bounce back so to answer your question yeah i think it's those lessons that you learn in failure that give you resilience because you're like you know what what's the worst that can happen like i don't know we lose the house that would suck i'm not saying do stupid stuff that puts you at jeopardy mm. But just don't allow fear to rule your life. Mm, such a valuable lesson to people out there that are building businesses or, or have built businesses and still go through that. Because I think this is a topic that we as business owners probably don't talk about enough um, around the mental health of building businesses and mm-hmm. coping through that failure and is probably one of the, um, I think probably one of the main factors why businesses don't succeed in the long term because it's a mental game that to push through those those tough elements. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. I think that the listeners would really appreciate that. Last of all, finish up, where can um, where can people find you among um, all of your different um, businesses <laughs> now and, and the agencies and the brands and, and, you know, for the parents out there as well, I'm sure they'd be interested in hearing more about the product. So, yeah. so where's the easiest place to find you? So uh, you can stalk us on, um, it's BB, it's so like Bo, it's because the name is Bo and Bell. Little yep. named after my son Bo. Uh, that's our that's our swim our swim diaper brand. We we have other swim products coming out twenty twenty one, which would be cool. Um, nice. Follow us there. Uh, Chatmarketinguniversity.com. That's my course where I teach Amazon sellers how to launch and rank products, build build raving audiences, that sort of thing. And thechatagency.com is the chat. It's, that's my chat. The, the chat agency. That's the agency. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so fun telling people that because like well what's your name what's the name the chat agency no yep. what, what's it called this the, it's called the chat agency yeah <laughs> no but what's it called uh, it, no it's literally no that's it that's agency. actually it it's the the <laughs> chat agency dot com <laughs> I love that and you've done well to claim that um claim that domain and URL as well because uh, we swiped it up no we got it it was like recently expired I didn't even realize it. Oh, there and you go. We had to we had to go through this whole verification process with Google for the, the G Suite. Mm-hmm. So apparently it was like I I hope that I didn't just steal it from somebody that was like trying to build stuff out. But like if I did, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yours now. You're you're Mine now the chat agency. Yeah, I that's it. Finders keepers. 
Hey, this has been an amazing chat. Um, thank you so much uh, for, for sharing the lessons. It's like I said, it's a really unique take on the chat marketing space. And I think just it's just some ideas that people will take some little bits of gold out of this, um, this session and be able to implement into their business, whether it's Amazon business, whether it's an info product business, whether it's just building a community, um, which is what we're all trying to do at the end of the day. So really appreciate your time, Paul. Thank you so much um, for joining us and, and um, giving the, the listeners a lot of value. Yeah. Cheers, Dan. All right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Paul Barron of the Chat Agency. I think you'll agree that it's really important that we have those discussions around some of the things that Paul was chatting about, particularly when it comes to entrepreneurs and business owners. So Paul, on behalf of myself and all the listeners, I really appreciate you sharing those lessons out there. All the links that we chatted about in today's episode are in the show notes, or you can find them at marketingpodcast.chat forward slash session 09. That's marketingpodcast.chat forward slash session 09. Hey, I've got a favor to ask. Have you enjoyed the first few episodes of this podcast? If so, I'd love for you to help out other chat marketers and make it easier for them to find the podcast by leaving a review. You can head to the website at marketingpodcast.chat and find the links to iTunes to leave a review. We've got some great interviews coming up. Until then, take care and we'll chat to you soon.